Hotel Analyst Perspective podcast. Each week, we will be delving into the key stories impacting hotel investors globally, although you should bear in mind we will look at the world as seen from London. You can find out more about us at hotelanalyst.co.uk. Joining me, Andrew Sangster, Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, are Catherine Dogrell, Hotel Analyst Perspective Editor, and Chris Baum, Web Editor. This week, we are talking about Expedia's latest take on the sharing economy. We'll be having a look at Hilton's newest brand, Motto, and then we'll be looking at the ongoing appeal of leases for certain investors like Pandox and the willingness of some big brands like Radisson to embrace them. So let's start with Expedia. Catherine, how does the acquisition of Pillow and Apartment Jets help Expedia's push into home sharing? Uh, well, this is an exciting deal on two fronts, really. It pushes them into home sharing, um, and I'll get on to that again in a second. But also, Mark Okerstrom was talking to analysts about how this is going to help them build an urban business over time. And of course, where the OTAs have been, um, where there's been some comfort for hotels with the OTAs has been their leisure focus. Um, and now they're looking in the, in, the, in the cities. So that's something for them to worry about. But while they're worrying about that, um, Airbnb and its ilk can worry about what they're doing with Pillow and um, <clears throat> Apartment Jet which are aimed at landlords and eagle-eyed viewers will recognise Pillow from a deal last year with Airbnb and Veritas Investments which they trialled, so this is very exciting for Airbnb because they were working with Pillow of course, but where they trialled allowing landlords to offer sharing to their tenants with the view that both parties would share the product, the um, revenue at the end of it and these um, allow full visibility to all the landlords and the residents about who's staying where. They are the aim is that they will manage, uh, deal with revenue management, help you slot in business guests, uh, all things to all people and um, help you work with local regulations and within the terms of your leasing agreement, agreements and it's all, all professional fun to allow more access to the sharing economy. So it will give the likes of Airbnb incentive to possibly move deeper into hotels, possibly revisit what they're doing. That's interesting. So what we're going to see here is a much more regulatory compliant entry into home sharing. I mean, just how far are they going? Are they promising to pay taxes? Are they promising to take a much more serious view in terms of life safety? And are they promising to observe planning laws? There's no word on planning laws and things like health and safety. It's much more allowing people to work within their leases and complying with local regulations. Obviously, those local regulations vary at the moment in terms of different taxation regimes. And Airbnb has agreed all of these things so far by going out there and talking to the different jurisdictions. And obviously, the situation in San Francisco is a lot more different to the situation in New York. Um, Airbnb, as it moves towards IPO, is obviously going to be looking to bring balance to all of those and agreements. Otherwise, you know, they're facing a bit of a pickle when they explain themselves to possible investors. Mm. So, uh, just to be clear on this, that the, the, the Expedia's, this pillow and apartment jet, they are going to help um, Expedia's home sharing offer. That's going to be more compliant in terms of taxes, is it? Um, is it going to be more compliant in, in, in terms of the landlord piece in that if, you, if, if you're leasing your property, you're not going to be under threat from eviction? No, exactly. So everyone can benefit. The idea is that obviously this brings more, um, initially when they were working with Airbnb, this brought more content into Airbnb 
and it makes everything just much more clearer, much more above board. There's no word yet on where the taxation sharing issue goes. And this has been something that's been a concern for Airbnb, particularly in New York, with the transparency of who isn't isn't listing. Uh, so that remains, I think, a sticking point for the sharing economy. But as far as working with your landlord, working with residents, and as a landlord renting out spare space goes, it's all good. Okay, so the, what we're looking at here is the first rung on the compliance ladder. There's a whole bunch of more rungs they need to climb up yet. Potentially, yes. Um, great. So let's move on now and talk about Hilton and their launch of their new brand. Now, there are elements here, I think, where the sharing economy, which seems to be impacting all areas of the accommodation industry right now, there are elements where Hilton has been listening to what's going on. It does appear that way. Uh, we've got beds that fold out from the wall and uh, interlocking room, interlocking into yes, interlocking rooms that you can that you can share and allowing guests to have split payments between more than one person. And it's all very exciting. I think that they may just have something on their hands here. Um, of course, it's slightly more complicated because um, they're focusing on new builds and the urban environment. But this could go far. So th- th- this split payment piece i mean that's a clear sign they've they've got their sights on the hostel market yes and i mean and the split payments thing was something that airbnb pushed uh, recently and was an, an innovation that many hadn't thought of but makes a lot of sense but yes multiple occupancy fun is here mm. and and also in in terms of the ability to fold away that they're looking at making their rooms multi-use it's not just a bedroom but it can be used as a workspace um, and similar presumably yes yes do what you want with the room finally it says no so <laughs> no no more sitting cross-legged on your bed with your laptop so this is further evidence i think what hotel analyst has been banging on for years now since we launched our hotel alternatives event um, about the blurring of the boundaries between it's the, you can't just consider the hotel industry in isolation you've got to look at service departments you've got to look at uh, hostels and beyond you start to start considering the residential market as a competitor you've got to think about student accommodation as a competitor There's a, those silos now we've been working in are, are really breaking down I think absolutely now, Chris, you had an observation about uh, Motto as well. Yes, a couple of thoughts. Um, first off, I thought it was quite interesting that they have opted to choose London for the launch of Motto. Um, and uh, they've managed to get a developer in tow to uh, build the first one out. And there is, uh, I think, a few more signed already. Um, interesting in that, you know, London and Europe seem to be the focus of innovation at the moment. Um, it's not long ago that uh, Marriott decided to hook up with Hostmaker in London to test out their um, tribute portfolio homes. And uh, that's gone well. So they've extended that to uh, several other European cities. So uh, Europe seems to be uh, where some of the innovation is coming right now. Yeah, it's interesting because when we look at the OTAs, the big and most successful OTA, of course, is Booking Holding. Um, they've grown into a company that has a market cap twice the size of Marriott's. And that's very much by exploiting the fragmented European hotel um, space. Um, not so much traction in the US and indeed Expedia seems to have fallen behind. Expedia, which dominates the US market, has fallen significantly behind booking, um, certainly from an, um, the value of the company perspective. Um, 
because I, 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 I think uh, Booking were the first movers in the European marketplace. And I think what we're seeing here is London is the, the battleground of the sharing economy and, and other, I think, if we, if we look at what's happening in Amsterdam at the moment in terms of the moves by the regulatory authorities there to try and get a hand on it, Barcelona, Berlin, Paris, these are the areas where I think the, the sharing success or failure of the, the accommodation part of the sharing economy is going to be determined. Yes, and I, I had one other sort of thought that came to mind, and that's really around this whole business of what, what Hilton's doing here with the property. And creating a property with lots of different sorts of rooms is a, a, a bit of a messy business for the accountants. I mean, it's something that the uh, the hostel um, developers and owners are already facing, and it's this whole issue of how do you measure the performance of your property if you've got a variety of different rooms, some with two beds, some with six beds, um, across your uh, across your the various floors of your building um, and I know it was a discussion at a previous event I went to around um, hostels and alternative accommodation and this uh, idea of um, a new metric of of maybe measuring profit per square meter of the whole building rather than just worrying about rev par from individual hotel rooms this may be something that um, both Hilton and Dominus are going to have to uh, visit as uh, motto gets itself off the ground in London yeah, it's, it's really interesting, and I think that speaks to very much in terms of what we're uh, hotel analysts talking about in terms of the breaking down of silos, because most property investors don't talk about just the top line. Um, they talk about the profitability, the amount of money they're able to make on their investment, and that's the key metric. And for decades, we've obsessed in the hotel industry about our top line measures, of which revenue per available room is the preeminent. And I think it you know, clearly we're going to have to move beyond that. And so let's move on to our final topic, um, leases. Now, Pandox, one of Europe's biggest hotel investors, um, the listed, Stockholm listed entity, um, they've long, they've been a big supporter of leases, a big proponent of leases, and fought against the trend, particularly from the brand companies, of moving towards franchise and management companies. Um, Chris, tell me, what is the, the Pandox angle here? Well, they've been a very busy bunch. They uh, acquired Juries in uh, in the UK back in the last year and um, uh, shared that acquisition with uh, the Israeli group Fatal, who are going to be who are managing the properties. Um, but the they they continue to be in favour of of leases. Uh, do Pandox, although to be fair, they do very often put together a package which is some kind of a flexible lease um, and very often they share the pain of refurbishment when they take over a property with uh, with the lessee um, uh, but it's all about for them it's all about flexible leases where there's uh, obviously some guaranteed minimum rent but usually some kind of sharing of of the upside I see but, but for a long while it did look as though they were going to run out of brands to stick on their properties because all of the North American originated brands uh, were effectively pulling away from leases. So if we look at Hilton, we look at Marriott, they're still not interested in leases. Only in the very largest of gateway cities will they occasionally consider them. But it's, it's very much the exception. Same is true of Intercontinental Hotels Group, although we saw a bit of a change in attitude there um, with its most recent acquisition of, of, of principles um, assets. Um, where they've been prepared to take on a lease. 
and Accor as well, Europe's biggest hotelier, has also moved away from leases now. For a long while, they were the only uh, major global player in, in the, uh, among the brand companies prepared to take leases, um, but they're now rejecting them. But coming back into the lease fray, we see Radisson. Yes, and uh, we hope it's not uh, a repeat history of completely repeating itself because, uh, let's face it, Radisson AB, um, the former Residor, um, signed quite a few leases towards the top of the last um, peak of the market, which ended up being over-rented. And, uh, in fact, they did pay a substantial dowry to get out of a handful of them in the UK. But they have declared themselves keen on, uh, on leases once more and uh, are signing uh, a fair few quite confidently. Um, uh, not just in uh, in Scandinavia but uh, elsewhere around Europe and of course the German market particularly favours leases based on the needs of the uh, investors in that part of the uh, of, of Europe um, but uh, yes it does seem a, a slightly more nuanced approach from from uh, the resident man management this time but um, they are certainly keener on leases than they were three four five years ago and of course uh, Radisson AB is Stockholm listed so Anders Nissen, the CEO of Pandox, um, can nip across town to have a chat um, about them being interested in leasing one of his hotels quite easily, I guess. So great. Thanks very much, Catherine. Thanks very much, Chris. Um, that's wrapping it up for this week.